Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're with you for another week here on the Duncan Duo Show. Talk about the Tampa Bay real estate market like we are every Sunday at 10 a.m. Uh, Josh Goodwin from Goodwin Mortgage Group is out this week. He's filming his new TV show. So he is becoming a TV star. We have an, another bona fide celebrity on the Duncan Duo <laughs> Show. So uh, Josh is out uh, filming his uh, TV show about Tampa and all the great things that Tampa has to offer. So we'll talk to him about it next week when he comes back on the show. But again, he is uh, Josh Goodwin with Goodwin Mortgage Group as my normal co-host. I'm joined by our sales president, uh, Robert Johnson, from uh, the president of my real estate team. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about rehab houses today. And I don't mean like rehab, like you need rehab for like drugs. I mean, <laughs> houses that need a lot of work. And so if you have a property that needs a lot of work, I, I just want to tell you like any home is sellable. Every single home is sellable. There's no such thing as a sellable house, unsellable house, excuse me. The reality is, is that the people that buy homes that need massive renovations or that um, that need gutted or that are missing a roof or have leaks or missing things or just in really, really bad condition, the people that buy them are equipped to fix them up and either resell them or tear them down and build something new, um, fixing, fix them up and rent them. So no matter what is wrong with your home, it's sellable. It's just a matter of at what price. And so, Robert, we obviously on our team, you know, we sell everything from, you know, starter homes to multi-million, you know, $5 million homes on Bayshore. Um, so we have a, a large swath of all the different customers that we represent and help. And, and depending on the agent on our team and the experience level, uh, you know, those specific price points and neighborhoods and areas get assigned to someone that's experienced at that. But but let's talk a little bit about why people um, you know might might hesitate to sell or look for an offer on a property that needs work. Yeah, I think that um, you know some people might think that they're I don't know uh, that they're going to be able to do the work themselves. I right. mean, I don't think that they realize, especially right now, how tough it is to get that work done. Yep, how I long think, it takes, how expensive right. it is. Well, it's not just that; it's man going through the permit process, finding a contractor to do it. I mean, you know, of course, if you're going to go through all that and you're going to go through that amount of time, you know, you are going to, you know, you're going to get a higher price if you sell of it. Of course, at, at the top of. You know, but you're gonna have to invest time, exactly. energy, and money. Well, and and again, it's a difference between somebody that's a professional doing it and somebody that's an amateur. So people, you know, we represent a, you know, we are a one, and we represent large groups of investors that will buy homes that need work. So if you if you own a home and it needs renovation, realistically, it doesn't matter what it needs, and you want a cash offer, hit us up at DuncanDuo.com. There's a little widget right there where you hit cash offer. And, and so if you're someone that has a home you've inherited, maybe it's a rental property, maybe you've got a tenant that's not paying and you don't want to deal with them, um, no matter what the situation is, if you just want a quick exit strategy, there are investors, myself included, out there that will make you that offer. And, you know, we can get that for you at DuncanDuo.com. But people don't realize that the, the time, energy, and headache that goes into the process of rehabbing, we end up getting a lot of people to kind of start the rehab and get about half it done. And finally, they're just like, forget it. This is too much for us. We're not a pro at this. Well, and there are a lot of rehab projects that you might think as an inexperienced person that you want to do, that's going to pay off, that's going to get you more money. But I will tell you that usually if you're not experienced, you're going to make a lot of wrong decisions, especially if it's your first one. You know, you're going to put money where it's not needed, money where you're not going to get the return. 
and usually you're going to spend way too much money Especially yeah. if this is your first it's gonna time. It's going to be more expensive and more timely than you're going to estimate, number one. I promise you're going to mess that up <laughs> if you've not done a lot. And two, people underestimate the inconvenience of fixing up a home that they're living in. Oh, well, uh, if they're the, living there, that I mean, that's a, a whole other animal. Yeah, it, yeah. So, so a lot of times, even if you're living there and you have a home or you have a tenant, it's occupied. Because then you got to deal with the tenant calls all the time about the contract still there, still taking this, still doing that. So the reality is, is there are a lot of people that uh, underestimate that time, energy, and effort that it takes to rehab a home. And there's certainly some that get it, some that have inherited a home, some that just decide, you know, we, we represent, um, you know, a, a seller that called us this week and said, hey, I, you know, I've worked with you guys in the past, but I've got five properties that are rentals and a couple of vacant lots, and I just want to sell them all, and I just don't want to deal with the hassle. So, you know, there's a couple problems with them. You guys fix the problems. And, you know, again, an investor is going to buy that, but they're going to buy it with the potential that they can fix the problems and and then profit from that. So, so again, if you're an owner out there and you've got a property that needs work, we would love to help you. We would love to either buy it from you or present it to one of our investors, and it doesn't matter where it's at. In Tampa Bay, we cover the entire area. If, if you're listening to this, we cover your area. Uh, DuncanDuo.com, there's a little widget, hit cash offer. And um, again, it doesn't matter if it's condemned. It doesn't matter if it's rented. It doesn't matter if it doesn't have a roof. All of those things get factored into somebody willing to to rehab, to buy and rehab your house as a professional. And it really doesn't matter what type of property it is. You True. know, we're not necessarily looking all the time for a single family, although we love those. But right. it could be a townhome. It could be a it condo. Be a condo. Yep. It just it, it, obviously, we're going to analyze it. We're going to give you our offer, but it doesn't matter what kind of home you have. We can still give you an yeah, offer. Yeah, and, and and again, it's all dependent on the 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 deal, the situation, mm-hmm. what the problems per you know persist, what the sometimes with HOAs, what the HOA rules are, what are the what you know what are the rules you know that those sort of types of things. We do get people that will call us with homes in fifty five plus communities. Those are a little challenging mm-hmm. because I'm not fifty five yet. I got a few. I got a, I got eleven years for that baby. So you know, but 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 we we do have other investors that that will buy it. So so again, if you've got a home that needs work, that needs rehab, um, you know that that's got a tenant that destroyed it. Um, whatever it is, and you just want out, you know, we'd love the opportunity to be your exit strategy again at DuncanDuo.com. It's it's funny. I have a buddy who um, in Jacksonville who bought a property um, and rented it out, and it was absolutely destroyed, hundred thousand dollars plus in damage. He had no idea. And now, you know, he's up against: Do I spend all the money to go through this again, or do I just do? Is this just real estate investing is just not for me? And so, you know, the reality is, is that it's just not for everyone, you know, and if you're handy and you can do the work yourself, a lot of times it can make sense. But if you're not and you don't have the resources and the scale to get things done quickly and to turn properties around and to have them, you know, renovated properly, um, you know, you, you end up you're throwing more money at it because you don't know what finishes to use. You don't know what colors to use. You don't know what flooring to use. And you kind of guess at it. And look, sometimes people will guess at it and it's right. When you're in a really hot market and prices are skyrocketing, you can guess wrong and still probably do well. But when the market is correcting and adjusting and not as, um, you know, aggressively growing in pot price, you make one of those mistakes, prices decline, and and you're stuck. Yeah, I mean, I... <laughs> 
a little off topic, kind of, but I remember a long time ago we worked with this investor. <laughs> they used to sell homes with us. You know, they probably sell maybe six, seven homes a year. You know, that was big time we thought mm-hmm. back then. But one time they painted the, one of their properties green on the outside, and yeah. I thought that was the wrong choice. So, but it's little things like and that. And even that's an that's, that's an, experience an, an investor. So, right. you know, you make little decisions like that, and that could cost you. You know, ten, twenty, fifty thousand dollars, or several months of it sitting on the market because people don't want a greenhouse, and it's like that, just exacerbated with different choices. You know, something that looks good to you might not be good to something else, and it's not going to give you the return. So it's little decisions like that that are going to eat away at that potential profit. Yeah, but again, you know, one other thing that we work with, you know, if you're an attorney or a probate attorney. Um, you know, we'd love to work with you too. We we definitely have a lot of those that send us opportunities for people that inherit properties or, you know, another one, unfortunately divorce, you know, we deal with a lot of situations where a couple is divorcing and they need a quick sale. Um, you know, we've had to navigate that quite a bit. Um, it, it's a challenging transaction because we're representing two parties that clearly can't get along anymore. Um, but nonetheless, those are the types of situations where like a cat, an instant cash offer, mm-hmm makes sense. And so again, that is something that we offer. Um, and not just look, there are a lot of agents out there that say, Oh, we'll get you cash offer. And basically they're going to other companies and saying, Hey, and they're, they're shopping you to other companies to get you a cash offer. It's not them giving you the cash offer. Um, with us, obviously we have resources to those other companies, but it's also us too. We are giving you a mm-hmm. cash offer. And in, in, a, in some instances we'll buy properties that the, the larger funds won't buy. Uh, or will be more competitive on some homes because different than their uh, companies, we have different opportunities to have that home make sense. Maybe it's on a street where we can, you know, grow our market share. Maybe it's in an area of town that we want more business and a sign in that yard is going to generate buyer leads and traffic to our other agents that those other companies and funds don't have Mm -hmm. resources for. So, you know, definitely something if you're thinking about that instant cash offer or you've inherited a property or you have a home that just needs a lot of work and some of the you know, some of the funds that do mass buying of homes, they don't really like to buy homes that need work. They just don't, they don't want to touch them. They want like the lipstick, you know, throw some cabinets in, put some flooring in. But but if a house needs a lot of work, we'd love the opportunity. Again, DuncanDuo.com. Uh, no project too large. If it if it's something that needs work, we'd love the opportunity to look at it. And, and similarly, like we talked about, again, um, you know, the 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 premise that, you're going to underestimate all the stuff that it's going to need to take. Number one, sometimes it's just easier to get your money, get out, move on. Um, and that's, you know, that those are those quick cash offers that that we provide. And and we're able to be super competitive with with other companies that are these large national Wall Street funds. And, and ours is local. You know, we're local. We're, we locally owned and operated. We've been operating here almost 20 years. Our Our goal is to keep money in the Tampa Bay area and and you know, fix up homes and renovate them and improve neighborhoods. So, if it's something that uh, you're interested in, no project is too small. Again, uh, that is at DuncanDuo.com, and we actually have gobs of video testimonials and reviews from people who've whose homes we've straight bought. You know, so it is us. We make local decisions, um, and and we're able to be more flexible. A lot of the a lot of the funds also won't let you do post occupancies. Mm-hmm. They won't let you stay. They're very specific. We've- We've done that We've done you know, everything. multiple times. Yeah. So, so again, DuncanDuo.com for your quick instant cash off. We're going to continue our conversation. We're going to talk more about the Tampa Bay real estate market. We're going to talk stats, trends. We're going to give you some home buying and mortgage advice and more. 
uh, after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. I'm Andrew Duncan of the Duncan Duo team, joined by Robert Johnson. If you want a quick instant cash offer for a home that needs a lot of work, hit us up at DuncanDuo.com. We would love to buy your your uh, house that is beat up, destroyed, condemned, trashed by a tenant, whatever it is. We love those opportunities. Again, DuncanDuo.com. So um, HOAs, you know, it's interesting that um, you know, we talked about this before the break, just briefly that, yeah, we'll buy homes that are in HOAs. The downside to buying a home in an HOA, there was an article I saw this week that was basically someone going on a rant about how they would never buy in an HOA community again. And there are definitely pros to buying in an HOA community. You've got consistency. You've got, you know, people keeping the yards up. You've got rules and regulations to try and keep the community uniform and keep, you know, thing, you know, people from destroying the well, neighborhood and the value. What's the joke? It's that everybody wants their neighbors to be in an HOA, but not themselves to be in an HOA. Correct. So. <laughs> yes, yes. And and so, but here's the downside of what a lot of people underestimate with an HOA. Um, number one, uh, who you elect to enforce the rules of an HOA matters. Um, you know, no different than the laws that we have in Tampa. There are a lot of laws that we have in Tampa that are not enforced, mm-hmm. okay? It's the same thing in an HOA. Are you are the people enforcing those rules uh, really reading it to a T or not? And so I remember living in an HOA. Me personally, I'll never live in one again, uh, ever, 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 ever. <laughs> and so I remember once I drove one of our work vehicles that was branded in the back window, only in the back window. And I always parked in the garage, but I parked it in the driveway. Uh, and I would literally park it in the driveway for like an hour while stuff was being done in my garage. And I got a nasty grant for the HOA saying like branded vehicles aren't allowed to park in a driveway. I mean, it was like, who really has time to do this? Like, do you really have time to drive around and cite people for branded Listen, vehicles in a driveway? Listen, I got a HOA violation one time. We were renting. This was years ago. And um, we had left our shoes by the back door. But... There was no fences in the back, and someone could see our shoes, and it was against the HOA to leave shoes outside. I mean, I've never seen anything that crazy. I will not name the neighborhood, but that was crazy. Yeah, so, you know, mine was, uh, I'll name the neighborhood. (laughs) It was a gallery at Bayport. It was Bayside off of Hillsborough Avenue. Uh, It was on a cruiserway, a longboat, just off of uh, that whole longboat area. (laughs) And so loved the neighborhood, but literally you had some HOA Nazis that would, I mean, it was the craziest stuff. I remember one time I didn't, I needed to have my palm trees trimmed properly. They were trimmed, but they weren't trimmed properly. And then another time, I mean, I remember one time I got a letter in the mail and I ended up uh, basically wadding the letter up putting it in a box and mailing it back to them. <laughs> That's how not much you. I love. Yeah, not me. So anyway, the other some, some other obstacles in an HOA though. Expensive dues. Um again, sometimes people underestimate them. They don't they don't pay attention. They they misunderstand them. Oh, the HOA fee is two hundred dollars and they think it's two hundred dollars a year. It's two hundred dollars a month or two hundred dollars a quarter. Um so HOA fees can can, you know, hurt you financially in terms of the cost depending on what they cover. Well, and they can Sometimes change. they'll cover things, right? They, then they can change. Right, they can go up and that's where the next part, mismanagement of the shared budget. If you you know, you are electing people to an HOA 
board. And a lot of times you're just a let, it's a popularity contest. The qualifications are not really all there. And like nine people of the 300 actually show up to vote. And that person wins five out of nine people. And they're like their buddies on the street. They're drinking buddies. And then that's the president of the HOA because nine out of the 300 people voted and five people picked that guy. And he has no idea what he's doing. And he's liquored up by noon every day. <laughs> you know, it's like that's what you're up against. You could be putting someone in place in charge of an HOA that has absolutely no experience running a business, no experience running an organization, no experience making decisions that affect all of those homeowners' equity. And so the mismanagement uh, kind of rolls into another topic, which is toxic leadership. Um, you know, in other places of society, there are checks and balances on, you know, the, the president's checked by Congress, it's checked by Senate, checked by the judiciary. There's always checks and balances to keep things from getting too sideways. In an HOA, you elect these people, the only check and balance is the next election. Unless they commit some egregiously illegal thing, you're stuck with them and their decisions. And, and so if you don't vote and someone gets elected that's making bad decisions, you're stuck with it. The other thing is overly, uh, overly controlling HOAs. Uh, again, where the rules are so rigid, it's like you must have this many plants or, you know, you can only paint these three colors. Well, the painting's like, super common. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. real common. But but the reality is a lot of people are okay with it, but there's a lot of people that become homeowners to be able to decide those things on their own. So just, again, if you are going to buy in an HOA, review the HOA rules and bylaws, review the HOA documents, know what you're buying into, know what you're not buying into, um, maybe even talk to a few neighbors. Because, again, the rules are one thing, and how they're enforced is the other thing. So, again, you're listening to the Duncan Doer Real Estate Show. When we aren't on air, make sure that you are following us on all of our socials at The Duncan Duo. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, uh, TikTok, and, uh, you know, basically everything social media at The Duncan Duo. We're going to be back talking about our client appreciation event. Super excited for this. Uh, we've got a date to announce. And uh, we'll be back after a quick break to announce it here on the Duncan Duo Show. So back here on the Duncan Duo Show, talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. I teased it before the break, but we are back again at Amelie Arena as the official real estate agents of the Lightning and with our client appreciation event. If you are a past client of the Duncan Duo or you're a real estate agent that's done a transaction with us, save the date. The date is March 29th um, from 6 to 9 p.m., we are back in Amelie Arena. We're going to have a skate party like we've done in the past. You know, this is kind of on the heels. The Bolts are going to be heading in, you know, we're heading into the playoffs. going to be really close to the playoffs. And, um, you know, we'll have Thunderbug there. We'll have lots of cool uh, events, food. Um, but realistically, it's a great family event to bring your kids, skate on the ice. And, and so we'll have a registration page up soon. But, again, save the date, March 29th. We'll have some giveaways for lightning signed items. Um, we'll have some lightning gift cards and tickets to give away to our past clients, but realistically, it's our way to show appreciation to, uh, to all of our clients that have, you know, blessed us with their business. Yeah. I mean, there's only so many activities you could ever get a chance to skate on the ice at right. Emily arena. Multiple times Stanley cup oh, champion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my kids love that event. We've done it before and it's, it's super great. The food's really good. Um, I mean, everything, it's just a fun family event. So we would love to see everybody out yeah, there. Yeah. We'll have some cool things. We always have some cool entertainment, some different entertainment ideas. And you never know. Sometimes we've, we've had players and ex players show up in the past. We, we can't say for sure whether that'll happen. 
Um, but, but again, make sure to save the date, March 29th, uh, the Duncan Duo. And we're calling it our appreciation party. It's not a client appreciation party. It's an appreciation party because we're inviting the agents that have done transactions with us. We're inviting um, all of our past clients, our sphere of influence, our friends and family. So again, we'll have more information on the sign up. Uh, more details coming soon, but we wanted to announce the date and get it out there and let uh, all our people know about it. Um, so moving on, one of the worst mistakes home buyers make, and I can't tell you how often we deal with this, and I, and I want to talk about it because I feel like I need to talk about this every week on the show. But we had a client this week go under con or not this week. The deal went south this week. Um, they went under contract um, a few weeks ago, and they leased a car. They went out and leased a brand new car prior to ooh, ooh, ooh. prior to closing, and their deal got killed. They could no longer their debt to income ratio no longer matched, and they got a nice car, but they can't live in it. I mean, they might be able to live in it, but you know, I mean, hey, your property taxes will be cheap, right? You know, but. You, you have to really understand if you are buying a home and getting a mortgage, and this does not matter what your income is because you have a lot of people out there that think, oh, I make plenty of money. I can afford it. What you make and what shows on your taxes are two different things because what shows on your taxes is the number that matters. So if you are buying a house, you do not want to make a single change to your financial situation. You don't want to increase your credit. You don't want to qualify for credit. You don't want to apply for credit. You don't want to change your job. You don't want to have large influxes or outflows of cash into your accounts. Those are all things that drastically risk your ability to buy a home. You might lose your home for your rooms to go furniture. So furniture, uh, cars, um, you know, the uh, Best Buy credit card. <laughs> oh, it's 0% interest. I don't pay anything for 13 months. The lender doesn't care. It's a debt, and you're going to have to pay it. It gets factored into your debt-to-income ratio. What your payment is going to be in the future, because in 13 months when that payment shows up, you're still going to have your mortgage payment, okay? So, you know, well, my income is going to go up. The lender does not know that. The lender does not care about your opinion that your income will go up. So you can't go out and qualify or attempt new credit. You also can't change your job. Gosh, we get that all the time. Oh, well, you know, the house, we had one not long ago. The house is stressing me out, so I quit my job. <laughs> How are you going to buy the house? Well, I got enough money in the bank. I can make the payments until I get a new job. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, it's really hard to switch jobs during the process. Even if you're going to a job that potentially pays more, it's still the employment history is super important. And again, I'm not a lender, but this is just stuff we've seen all throughout I mean, yeah. the years. It's just, it's, it's not a good time to switch jobs, wait till after closing. Yeah, the the lender wants to see your from the date that you apply and get accepted, your financial system situation needs to stay consistent from the date that they qualified you. Any variance to that, and they're gonna question it, you're gonna need to be able to document, you're gonna need to be able to explain it. Um, of course, in situations where they'll allow you to. You change your job, you're probably done. You lose your job, you're probably done. You go out and get a bunch of credit, you're probably done. Um, again, if your debt to income is, you know, incredibly solid, you know, maybe you could get away with doing those things. However, it's strongly advised to not do that. 
I can't tell you how many deals blow up, how many people lose the house of their dream. They lose their escrow deposit, their past loan commitment period. They, you know, all of these things simply because, you know, they didn't do it. They didn't, they didn't follow the steps. So if you are buying a house, every single thing in your financial world, before you make the decision, you need to run it by your lender, period. Like if you're going to go buy something that's out of the norm. Of, now, look, if you nor, if you go to Ocean Prime every single Friday and it's seen in your expenses and you have every single Friday forever, okay, you're fine. But if you're doing anything that is not normal and consistent and that was shown as a pattern at the date that you qualified, you need to run by your lender. Mm-hmm. If not, you run the risk of just, of losing your house, losing your escrow deposit, and um, you know, and ultimately dealing with a lot of problems and chaos and, you know, losing out on opportunities. Yeah. I think during the process, you almost want to over communicate with your lender. You know, if you feel like you're asking too many questions, you're probably not. It's, you know, it's super important to keep everything on an even keel during the process. And I think the more you can bring in your lender and your agent about uh, different questions you might have or different issues you might have come up, I think that's super important as you're going through the process. Um, We've seen it you know, time and again, and it's not to scare anybody, but we've seen it time and again over the years where stupid stuff gets in the way of closing during the sale. And it's nothing major. Sometimes it could be furniture for the new house. And the person just wasn't thinking they want to have everything lined up for post-move or post-closing the move. And it, it, it costs them the house. Yeah. So again, I know we're beating a dead horse here, but to reiterate, you're buying a house just Keep your financial situation, your job situation, your debt credit situation. It has to be the same as the date that you qualified. Or before you take action, run it by the lender so they can run it by underwriting and make sure it's okay. Because, again, here's the reality of it, okay? The car is going to be there after closing, Mm -hmm. okay? And you'll be able to qualify for the car after closing. It's not the same underwriting required. I mean, typically, it's not nearly as rigid underwriting. Uh, Secondly, rooms to go will have another sale. Canes will have another sale. Ashley Furniture, they'll have another sale, okay? There'll be another 0% deal. It's not the last one. They make you think it's the last one. They're really good salespeople, okay? They're really good salespeople. They make you think that there's never going to be another sale as good as this one, but I promise you there'll be another great sale, okay? And then same thing, your job, your job sucks, okay. You know what sucks worse? Quitting your job and then not getting the house that you wanted and then being stuck in that apartment still. Okay, don't quit your job. You grind it out for a few weeks until after closing, and then go, then go change your job. Then quit your job, and you're fine. So that's something that people do ask, though, too. Do mortgage owners go back and check and see things after closing? After you're closed, you're good. Now, could they potentially make sure that you're using the property as you're supposed to use it? You know, if you buy a house for your primary residence mm-hmm. and you don't occupy it, that could trigger some, um, you know, different fees or different insurance, obviously. Um, but for the most part, after you close on a house, it's yours to do with, and you know you you can make adjustments. Your situation changes. You decide to rent it out. There are plenty of people that buy homes, and their situation changes, and they say, you know what, I'm not going to live in it. I'm going to rent it out. Um, there there are people that do that. So again, the likelihood of the lender going in and it doesn't happen. Yeah, but rarely. I mean, the likelihood of a lender. Well, I don't really think they're going to audit your. Um you know, post employment, you know, something like nah, that. No, they just they just don't. They don't audit your employment for sure, but they they can they do have the ability in some mortgage documents to 
um, you know, to, to, to not necessarily come after you, but to make adjustments to things if you turn it into a rental versus it being a homestead. There's mm-hmm. some different steps there. So, so again, you're listening to the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. When we aren't on air, make sure to follow us on all of our socials at the Duncan Duo, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, uh, Facebook uh, as well. We announced our client appreciation event on March 29th. Again, save the date, March 29th. The Bolts will be headed into the playoffs at the near that point. Um, and, um, you know, we're going to have a cool party at Emily Arena again on March 29th, our agent appreciation party. I got to stop calling it client or agent. It's just it's our just appreciation party. Yeah, it's just our appreciation party. We appreciate you. So we'll have more details and an RSVP link and registration up uh, soon. If you're a real estate agent, look, I got news for you. If you're a real estate agent, the next few years are going to be challenging. You're going to have to work a little harder. Uh, the market's picked up a little bit. But there are a lot of companies that have retreated that aren't spending money on marketing and training and coaching. We are still doing all those things. We expect, similar to what I experienced in my business more than a decade ago when the market was was challenging, um, we expect to grow and grow pretty dramatically. We've been growing in agent count, and uh, we're looking to add more people to the team. And look, the people that we want to add to our team, we're not going to like bring you on board and make you go after and recruit a bunch of people and tell you that if you recruit a million agents, you can make a lot of money because there's like five people on planet Earth that will actually make real money from stuff like that. Um, you know, the 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 reality is we're going to teach you how to sell homes, help you sell a lot more money and make a great income. And if you're interested in that, it's jointheduo.com. Again, that is join. If you want to sell a lot of real estate and not turn into a recruiter. Um, to recruit other people, you just want to sell, let us help you focus on that. Again, jointheduo.com. Again, that is jointheduo.com. If you're an agent thinking about getting in, thinking about a change, um, we do a career night. You can apply for any of our open positions. Our career night is the second Tuesday of every month. And again, that is at jointheduo.com. And the second Tuesday, um, I believe it's coming up. I believe it's this coming Tuesday is the second Tuesday. So again, join the duo.com. That's Valentine's Day. Man, let's be your Valentine. We'll just bring you into real estate. We'll show you some love. We'll help you make some money. We'll help you get a better Valentine's Day present for your significant other for next, next year. year. If you show up to Valentine's Day, uh, join the duo.com. We'll be back wrapping up our last segment after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. I'm Andrew Duncan of the Duncan Duo. I'm joined by Robert Johnson, uh, president of the Duncan Duo team. Uh, Josh Goodwin from Goodwin Mortgage Group is out this week filming his reality TV show. So um, he is uh, off becoming a TV star this week. And uh, we get this question a lot. What's the difference between a, a realtor, an agent, and a broker? I'm going to start first with the difference between an agent and a broker because I think that's um, you know an important designation. And there's two different things why people get called a broker. First off is a brokerage. So like our company is a brokerage, okay? Sometimes we'll be called a broker. We're a real estate broker. And so there's a difference there in that a brokerage uh, or a broker is typically like at a company level, like the whole firm is, you know, kind of a brokerage. Now, the second part of that discussion is someone's license, their license status. Um, and whether they're a licensed agent, sales associate is what it's called in Florida, or a licensed broker. Um, it, at our office, for example, we have multiple people that are licensed brokers, um, myself and yourself included. Um, and then we have someone that's a broker of record, or kind of our qualifying broker. And um, But 
So she is the broker of the office, but we have multiple people with broker licenses um, that are basically deemed broker associates. And, and realistically, what that means is you've gone through some extra qualifications, um, some extra credentials, some extra steps, and some extra experience yeah. uh, to, to be a broker. And it means that you could become the broker Correct. of the office Correct. in need be or another office. You could go open your own brokerage. You know, Correct. you... If you have a broker's license, you went through the extra qualifications in order to be able to do that. You can have agents actually work under you. Correct. And at our company, we one of the things that we pride ourselves in is multiple people in leadership do have that brokerage license. And realistically, it, it's meant to be able to help our agents and give them a greater level of advice and experience because we do have multiple people that are broker associates that can kind of give that upper level of you know support, coaching, advice. Um, so that is the difference in Florida between, you know, a broker, a brokerage, and then just an agent. A realtor, though. Um, now, a realtor can be any of those. Uh, a broker can be a realtor. Um, an agent can be a realtor. Um, or a broker and an agent don't have to be a realtor. Now, we are at our company. Everyone at our company is a realtor. And we are, um, you know, we are signed on with a local multiple listing service and a local board of realtors. However, you can have a Florida real estate associate license and not be a realtor. So a realtor is someone that has membership in the National Association of Realtors. It is a trade group. It is, um, you know, again, probably one of the most powerful trade groups, um, you know, on earth. But it is a trade group of, of people that are more highly trained and that have more resources. And they pay they pay dues to provide for resources, systems, tools, lobbying for pro-housing initiatives. Um, but that's really what a realtor is. So again, if someone's a realtor, they're an agent, they're a licensed agent or a broker, but a licensed agent, licensed broker may not actually be a realtor. Yeah. And you know, if you are a realtor, you've agreed to a lot of ethics. Code of that, ethics. Yeah, code of ethics. And there's a lot of consumer protections that come with that. You know, that's why they always encourage every agent to get on and become a realtor but nobody should be using the term realtor if they're not a realtor yeah and one other thing like if you own a real estate company okay a real estate agency you need to be a broker mm -hmm. like you you can you may not be the qualifying broker you may not be the managing broker per se but um to own a real estate agency you do have to have your broker's license it's something i i really encourage um, a lot of our agents to do the research on it, the extra training. But I also think from a consumer's perspective, someone that says they're a broker versus just an agent, they have a broker's license versus just an agent license. I think the consumer, again, looks at that as, as favorable. I think they think, okay, that's someone that's more knowledgeable, more experienced, um, and, and has an extra level of training and advice that somebody that hasn't achieved that license status, uh, you know, to have. And, you know, it's similar in financial worlds with different series licenses and, and things. It is kind of an echelon, excuse me, of, you know, status. There really isn't anything different than that in Florida, though. It is a, you either have a real estate associate license uh, or you have a broker associate license. Those are, those are it, you know. So like in the financial world, you have all these different series licenses. But in the real estate mm -hmm. world, it's, it's, it's those. those. Those are the license statuses that are, um, you know, that are available um, and regulated by the state of Florida. So again, you're listening to the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. We're here every Sunday at 10 where we are on air. Make sure to uh, hit us up on all of our socials at the Duncan Duo, uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, 
Um, TikTok for as long as we're here. I don't know. It might get banned. We're on TikTok, but we may not be for longer. Who knows? There's definitely push to, to do that right now with everything going on with China. Um, but again, we are on all those socials at the Duncan Duo. If you want an instant cash offer for your house that needs a lot of work, for your destroyed house, your you know house is just beat up, um, that needs work, hit us up at DuncanDuo.com. And if you're a real estate agent looking for a change, jointheduo.com. Again, that is jointheduo.com. We'll help you sell a lot more houses in 2023. Um, and we appreciate you tuning in and have an awesome rest of your Sunday, Tampa Bay.